the Rockford Students Podcast. My name is JT Stead, and I'm your host, and it is a joy to be able to talk about a really important doctrine in uh, high school ministry. We've been walking through the book of Ephesians, and in junior high, we have started a new curriculum for them, starting in the attributes of God. And unfortunately, a few weeks ago, Scott Colterno, one of our leaders, preached on the eternal nature of God, that God is eternal. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to record it. So what I wanted to do is just a little Bible study for us on what it means for God to be eternal. Have you ever thought about this? What does it mean to be eternal? I think we all have some grasp. Like when I think of eternity, I think of heaven and hell. I think of uh, a never-ending existence of time. But that's not necessarily true because eternity is not just a ongoing succession of time like how we we kind of view a baseball game um, right now the Dodgers just lost or what what which is very upsetting for me even though I didn't watch a single game this year more importantly USC who is on the rise of becoming a NCAA football powerhouse who's joining the Big Ten in a few in probably a year or two who will be able to take down Ohio State Michigan and be able to go see games here in Wisconsin, all that stuff, and just to make some more people in our church upset that a West Coast team is going to continue to dominate the Big Ten. Anyways, when I watch a football game, (laughs) I watch quarter one, two, three, four, in a succession of time. And sometimes we view eternity that way, that it's just going to go on and on and on and on, and there's, there's some truth to that. But for God to be eternal... It means to be outside of time, that he is not limited by time. Isaiah 40 verse 28 says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is an everlasting God? That word everlasting can be uh, translated eternal as well. Same concept. The creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Isaiah 40 verse 28. And so for God to be eternal means that God is not limited by time. He is not a temporal being. He's not a temporary being. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is before time. He is outside of time. And as we view a baseball game, so one illustration of this is as we view a football game in a succession of moments, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth, God stands outside of time. He sees all the quarters at once. He sees past, present, and future all at once. That's kind of mind-blowing because God, and this is why we're doing this this sermon series, even for the middle schoolers, because we need to understand it's so vital to understanding the Bible that God is not like us. He is not a man. He is not an idol that is shaped, that hears like us, sees like us. Um, He is outside of us. He is different. He is the creator and we are the creature. And almost every single heresy or false doctrine or error in theology can be stemmed to a misunderstanding or a blending of the creator-creature distinction is what we call it. And so God is eternal. What does that mean? Um, Another verse that kind of highlights this is, um, I'm reading from Lewis Burkhoff's A Summary of Christian Doctrine. Is Psalm 90 verse 2, before the mountains were brought forth or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. And Psalm 102, 27, but thou art the same 
and thy years have no end. God is eternal. He's outside of time. And so if God, meaning that God is infinite, means that he is limitless, he cannot be limited. Um, eternal means that he, can, he is outside of time. I like what Mark Jones says here. He says the eternal God, sorry, he says, as soon as you make, as soon as we make this statement, we run into a serious problem. We simply cannot conceive of or express God's eternity because we are beings who have always existed, but were created by God who has always been and will always be. Our minds are puzzled by such a concept that God is eternal. In other words, Stephen Sharnock, a Puritan, he says, If man compares himself with other creatures, he may be too sensible of his greatness. But if he compares himself with God, he cannot but be sensible of his baseness. So, what do we mean when we say that God is eternal? First, Mark Jones says, His eternality is unlike the eternal state experienced by humans and angels, all of whom were created in time. And so, though we will have an eternal ending, right, we have a beginning. We had a beginning. We were born, right? Angels were created. We were created. There's a, a beginning for us, though we will live on for eternity. But God has no beginning and no end. And that's key. God has no beginning. God has no ending. God has no succession of moments. He is outside of time. And... um. But what's amazing about the gospel and about the triune God is that God sent his son to take on human flesh, to be subject to time. Jesus, the eternal being, God, entered time and became subject to the conditions of time. According to his humanity, Christ was subject to extrinsic time and intrinsic time, Mark Jones says. By extrinsic time, Christ who made the heavens, the planets and the stars, measured their motion but by intrinsic time he grew up and could look forward to the sabbath or a good meal did you know that jesus was once a child i mean we all know that we worship but we forget that he grew in stature that he grew in wisdom that he aged <laughs> and why did he do all this why did jesus come to become a human fully god fully man it was so that we would be brought into union with him, that he would take on all of our suffering, take on and bear the penalty of the law, but then also the to satisfy the law's demands, and then to die on the cross for our sins. And he rose again from the dead, and he will live forever and ever. He's alive today, and he calls all of us to repent and to believe. And those who believe will have eternal life. And so this has important implications for us. There are two different ends for us. Either as Christians, we will spend eternity with God forever and ever outside of time in perfect bliss and happiness in the new heavens, new earth. Or we will, or those that don't know Jesus will spend eternity and eternity away in hell forever, separated from God. The separated from God's goodness, but in the presence of his wrath and justice forever and ever and ever. Mark Jones says, We can contrast the torments of hell with the joys of heaven from the perspective of time. In doing this, we can better understand the glories of heaven and the terrors of hell. True, 
Hell is punishment so great and heaven a reward so wonderful that we can comprehend neither properly in this life. Christians will receive eternal life, John 5.24, and those who do not love the Lord Jesus with an undying love will receive eternal death. But how do we seek to join with Paul, for example, in persuading men because of the terrors of the Lord as we reflect on time and eternity? One way is for preachers to remind their hearers that hell that in hell it will feel as though there's only time, slow time. In this world, when we suffer, time seems to stand still. Even waiting in traffic or in a doctor's office, time crawls. We become more sensitive to the seconds. This happens when listening to poor sermons too, he says. However, in heaven we will experience something entirely different because they resemble Christ, possessing joy unspeakable, Time flies when you're having fun. Imagine how time will seem to evaporate in heaven because of the joy we will experience. Or consider the time spent talking to a relentless telephone salesman compared with getting to know your future wife or husband. In the former, like hell, a second feels like a year. In the latter, like heaven, a year feels like a second. Those are some pretty deep implications. God is eternal. He is outside of time. He knows all things. He's planned all things according to the purpose of his will. He sees everything, past, present, and future, all at once. He's the eternal being who sent his son to become subject to time, to associate with the lowly, with the poor, with sinners, to be a friend of sinners. And not just to come to be a friend of sinners, but to live under the law and to take the penalty of the law that we broke on the cross forever and ever. And he died. He was subject to eternal hell upon himself. He bore the wrath of God and he died. But he rose to newness of life. And all those who put their trust in him have the promise that just as Christ rose from the dead, so will you. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Receive new life today and eternal life forevermore. This is the eternal nature of God. And so this was a lot of the highlights that Scott um, talked about to our junior high students. So important. And I hope that it's just encouraging for you to think about that our God is not like us. He is the eternal God. Thanks for listening. We'd love to have you on a Wednesday night from 630 to 830. Um, And I just pray that this is encouraging. Just as we think more about who God is and how big he is and other Remember, we're creatures and he's the creator. So thanks for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Think upon eternal things. God bless.